everyone. Welcome to yet another exciting season of our community podcast series, season nine. This season, we get an opportunity to profile art practitioners in Uganda, Mali, Rwanda, and Cote d'Ivoire. We speak to them about how they have contributed to the growth and well-being of their communities using their talent and skills for philanthropy. Thank you for joining us. I'm Nabufal and uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a company called Vizio. It's a PR and communication company. I also have another company called Nabufal Academy. It's a coaching and training academy. I'm the co-founder of uh, Impact Hub in Côte d'Ivoire. Uh, I think there's one in, uh, there's, there are many Impact Hubs throughout the region and worldwide, and uh, we focus on uh, women entrepreneurs and uh, youth entrepreneurs. And I'm also a writer, so this is who I am. That's interesting. Maybe you could tell us more how that has, um, what work you do in the arts and culture spaces. So what we do in art and culture space is more about uh, training people on the value chain of what they're doing, a lot of coaching, giving them soft skills in order to be able to sell themselves better, have more visibility, you know, um, and also train um, arts and artists to entrepreneurship. Because they, what we want is we want them to develop a sustainable model from what they have, not just being starving artists, but being profitable artists. So we really work into that field of incubation, acceleration, and really giving tools for entrepreneurs to be um, art, artistic entrepreneurs to be sustainable. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, maybe could you explain more how you've seen that model? How okay, different success stories? How that has changed different arts' lives and how it has affected them, um, how have they adapted? Okay, so what we do uh, recently, we, for example, we, we have uh, at Impact Hub, we have something called um, a demo day. Once we finished a program with our entrepreneurs, maybe in art or fashion or any, yeah, what we do, we teach them also how to pitch themselves. So from the beginning where they start and where they, what they become and how they pitch, it's a total difference from A to Z. The Z is really they know how to present themselves, how to present their business, how to be more, they're more sellable. And it has, of course, impacted a lot because it allows them to get funding either if they're social entrepreneurs or if they're classic entrepreneurs. They do know how to go to possible um, uh, DFIs or uh, investment investors or um, people who just want to invest in what they do and know how to present themselves in such a way that they are um, uh, sellable and, uh, and attractive. So I think we have impacted quite, uh, uh, quite a lot of people. Uh, okay. So approximately, how, what's the reach for your, of your programs? And how many people or artists I have mean, been able to? I, I, I have to be very, because personally, I have my academy and we have our program at the incubation. Personally, I can say that me as a person, not only in the art, but all fields um, included, I've trained and coached, uh, individually coached around 40, 50 people. And uh, I've trained over 2,000 person myself individually in uh, 15 countries, in three languages. So I think I'm trying to have an impact. And of course, I have also an organization, um, which is a platform. 
and we we have a partnership with Google that's called Webnet. It's different from my business, and we train entrepreneurs freely to Google digital skills. We're actually discussing with Facebook in order for them to have the tools also, because we cannot be evolving in such a world without having the digital tools to expose our, oneself. Of course, I can talk about pitch, I can talk about this, but if you don't know how to use uh, the digital tools to present yourself to the world and to show up, because for me it's important to show up, then you will just be someone with talent but uh, with no reach of expo or exposure to leverage on that talent. It's interesting. Uh, speaking about showing up, what inspired you to show up in these different spaces? Actually, I'm my, my specialty in coaching is personal branding. So for me, uh, I, I always say that I do for others, I try to do for others what I've done for myself. I believe that if you have a talent, if you know how to sing, if you are a writer, if you're a journalist, if you don't go on stage, if you, people don't read your book, if you don't even write a book and publish it, if you don't go on stage and sing, if you're an artist, you never go to an art uh, exhibition, you never participate, you need to show up to be known so that your tribe can recognize you. Your tribe can be investors, your tribe can be like-minded people, your tribe can be people who share common values with you. So it's very important, especially for us African now, I believe that, and I always say that my mission is to transform the positively the narrative of the continent, one person at a time. The more of us tell our stories, we will master our narrative, and then our stories will be told by ourselves. You know, our narrative is controlled by others. One day describe, I mean, you came here. When you hear about Mali, you wouldn't come on the news. But when you come, it's a totally different world. If I heard about Uganda, if I was just relying on the on the media, I would never go to Uganda, I would never go to Kenya, I would never go anywhere in Africa because we don't control our narrative. There's a third party that controls. So if we are able to tell our stories, control our narrative, our continent will be viewed and perceived differently by the world. Speaking about defining our own narratives and telling our own stories, what would you advise creatives and artists to start doing so that they can have their own identity when they tell their narratives through the works that they do? I think the first thing they have to do is to focus and to define their values. What are the values they stand for? I would say mine, they really need to, because people recognize you through your values. People go to you because you share the same values. The second thing is, what is their purpose? Why do they do what they do? That art, if you write, why I write because I have messages to send out to women in Africa. I write because I want African women to own who they are. Why do they do what they do? If you're a painter, if you're a singer, if you're a musician, if you're a dancer, why do you do it? What is your purpose? And then define your vision. What is your the perfect outcome that you want to reach, even if it's a big dream, even if it seems unreachable? Think big. I want to see Africa shine at all, generally through all of us. So I think big and I believe it can happen. So have clear values. My values are integrity, authenticity. I believe in generosity. My mission is to transform Africa one person at a time in order to shine collectively, to transform our narrative. And my vision is to see Africa have a different stories in the media through each of us. 
So this is what I expect. I recommend artists to do, to have a vision, um, a values, vision, and mission clearly defined. So when they speak about what they do, they have roots and they're solid. Speaking about generosity, as entrepreneurs, as artists, we have people that have sparked this vision and this fire in us to start us on our journey. How has that been for you as an entrepreneur, as a, a creative? And maybe you could expound more on that. I think um, everything happens also through understanding our stories, our personal stories, and what has in, our, in each of our stories stemmed who we are. You know, it's also important to know what was the turning point in your life that made you stand up and that shows you that you cannot go back where you were. You have to move forward. You have to elevate yourself. And I believe in my story, it's my education. I was raised by very strong women and uh, who were, my mother was a widow when she was 20. I was raised, was, my aunties are very prominent women from, uh, from Senegal, I'm from Senegal originally. I have uh, some origins in Mali too, and but I live in Cote d'Ivoire, so I have that Pan-African. I wouldn't say even Pan-African. That African, African um, uh, melting pots, uh, cultures that I grab here and there through traveling, and I believe, I believe that has fed who I am today and what I do because. Uh, when I write, I write because I believe that I also, I can help people tell their stories, but I also have to tell my stories. I write because I believe that African women need to see, read different stories who look like us, stories with our realities, our cultural realities. I speak because I believe that I can be a role model and an inspiration for others. Not because I have a perfect journey, but because my journey is imperfect. You know, and uh, I, I really believe that we are the problem because they say we are the problem, but we are the solution because we say we are the solution. That's very interesting. Uh, speaking about role models, is there anyone you look up to that has really inspired you on this journey that you've chosen to take for your career? I, I think my mother was an entrepreneur anyway, and uh, she was a very strong woman. I believe that she made me who I am somehow through education, through sacrifices, through investing for me to be able to now speak that English that you're speaking. She was very visionary. When I was very young, she started saying, okay, you have to be bilingual at 10, 11, 12. She, she was, oh, my grandmother was an entrepreneur in the 40s. She, um, you know, entrepreneurs, at that time, entrepreneurs was what? Selling in the market. But she was an entrepreneur. She was uh, strong enough to go and sell her milk on the market. I, I believe those stories are very important because it's not because our um, mothers or aunties or grandmothers were not sitting in offices speaking posh English or overeducated that they were not strong women with values and, uh, and showing us the path. If we know how to read their stories, we learn from them because they are extremely strong and resilient. You know, the strength of the African women doesn't need to be uh, said again. And I, I was lucky to also act as a role model to, to women, young girls in university in, uh, in Uganda. Oh, in the program, I don't know if you know, there's a program called Girls for Girls that has been started by very good friends of mine, Alan and uh, And uh, I, I, I believe that we have to create those bridges 
I don't want to be said that I cannot go to Uganda and inspire Ugandan women because I'm not Ugandan. No, I want Ugandan women to come to my country to inspire women because I believe that we should look at ourselves as role models. We're always looking for American role models when we have so many stories, even in how um, history, the queens and the, and, 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 and the, 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 the legends, all that is something that we have to revive and own. How has generosity shown up for you? Uh, have you had people that have given to you, that have um, invested in you with a hope and they see your vision, they understand who you are and where you're going. How has generosity shown up in your space and the work that you do? I think I'm just generous because my mother is extremely generous. I was raised in a generous environment. Generosity is what I know. So you only do what you know. That's why we say to when we raise our children, we have to be very careful in what we do. They don't do what we say. They do what we do. And I was raised in a space of generosity. I was raised in a space where artists were there. I was raised, my mother was investing in people who were designers, artists. And I believe in reciprocity. I believe when you give, you receive. And I, I think it's totally part of my education. And people have been showing up because I've been showing up. When you show up with generosity, you receive. I believe it's just how it works. Um, what are those three or four things that you think people can take away or artists can take away from this conversation? Um, kind of your words of encouragement or your last shots? I think as artists, they need to have a bigger vision. They need to surround themselves with people that would help them build a business model for their art. I think they need to believe in what they do. I think they need to make sure that what they transmit is more than just something nice. They need to transmit messages. And they need to, I know they know that they're sending messages, but people don't know what those messages are. They need to write the narrative of their arts. I think this is what I, I can tell them. And to really always be thinking that I'm an artist, I'm good enough, I can make a living through my art and my family can benefit from my art in order to make a living for them and build a future for my children and build a legacy through my art. Thank you, Nakfa, but I want to take you back just a little bit. You spoke about um, our African stories, the stories that we hear, the stories that we grew up listening to. And your mother has been very strong influence when it comes to generosity. What's that one story, that one memory you have of your of generosity being introduced in your life I, as a young? You know, I'm an African, and I think we were all we, we are generous compared to other people in the world. You know, I mean, if I if someone comes to my house, there's no way I'm going to say there's one steak and you're going to have one steak. I'm not going to eat with you. I'm going to cut it in ten if we're ten and we're going to share it together. And uh, I've seen my mother giving people coming with problems and she will give everything she has, even if she stays with nothing. You know, this is very African. This is what we do. I don't really think it's really good because I think also I believe in self-care. I think we are the gener generation that will do less sacrifice than our parents. We will give, but we will not forget ourselves. So I've always seen my mother taking care of other people, giving to other people, making sure that everybody was well and that she could 
solve other people's problems. But I also believe that, uh, and I tell her that she has been sacrificing a lot of herself doing that. And I really also believe in self-care. So I'm also saying to my to, to the auditors, to the artists that will be listening to that postcard, podcast and to the entrepreneurs that they also need to sit back and relax and replenish themselves. If you give everything you have, not just material, but as your energy, your everything, you will not be able to create and to... You need to take some for yourself to be able to give more to others. Speaking about healthcare and self-care, what what maybe two or three nuggets of wisdom you could give to artists and creatives about different steps or different things, little things that they can do to just ensure that because as creators we're always giving, 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 and uh, you can't give from a place that is empty. Exactly. But um, I think also because of the way that our minds are engineered that we create, we feel alive. What are those small things that we can do intentionally to ensure that we get into the space of replenishing and self-care? Actually, what I do personally and what I like doing, I believe in being taking moments of, you know, in Africa, we're never alone. And we're not, we were not raised to be alone, but we need to learn to benefit from solitude. Solitude and, and enjoy nature. We have everything, you know, just standing by the water and watching the water, doing nothing really. I'm not saying about doing anything, not being on the phone, doing nothing, just doing nothing. It seems so stupid, but it's the best way to replenish. And sleep when you can, and when you need to sleep. I think we don't say sleep is overrated, underrated, sorry. So we need to sleep when we have to sleep. Because if your brain is not rested, and I'm talking from experience because I'm an insomniac, and I believe that sleep, when I need to sleep, like uh, yesterday there was an event, I decided I was tired, I needed to sleep one hour, I slept. And I came back strong and I enjoyed my evening till 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. It was nice. I enjoyed the music. You need to rest and learn to say no. We were not wired to say no. Sometimes you have to say no to others to say yes to yourself. That's a very interesting concept. <laughs> uh, one last thing. Um, as an entrepreneur, um, most creatives, we think about creating. Uh, the entrepreneurship bit comes later on, business, uh, administration. That's the last thing we think about. But right now, as the economy is evolving, as we're getting to different digital spaces, you find that we need different skills to help you understand your craft better, but also to communicate better. Um, what are those skill sets you can advise creatives to look out for, to, to start the different spaces they can start getting into that will allow them to keep up with the ever-changing... Uh, I think they need to learn how to share. You know, uh, an artist is someone that has a gift. And uh, some people may not be as talented, but they need to exercise their creativity in some ways. I think that our children need to be exercise their creativity, learn how to draw, how to sing, how to paint, how to dance. And I believe any artist can create a space where they can give back while making money. I, I think that's the simplest thing to do. You know, it's true you can sell your art, but you can also share your knowledge, share your technique, share your unique point of view. I believe that any one of us has something to give. 
and it's a way of giving back. You can give it, you can, sometimes you will do it freely and sometimes you will make people pay for it. I'm a capitalist, right? <laughs> Interesting, but it's it's important when you said that every artist or every creative needs a space yes. where they can give back to their community but still be able to make money. Exactly. You can do both. You can you will go to an orphanage and do it for free because it feeds you. And on another time you will go to a company and say that okay, I can have your managers, I can help them have a creative day and change change mind and, and, and exercise and, and develop the, the, the team building through that. I did a team building for a client and I called a dancer, a professional dancer, to help us uh, create that dancing steps that will you reunite the whole team. Because I believe that art helps and it nurtures and it's, uh, it enhances the values within a team. What I hear you say is that we need a place as creatives and artists we need a space where we can feed from. Exactly. We need. We always need those uh, spaces and different experiences that can feed us. Uh, absolutely. Like this one. Yeah. Here we are now. <laughs> In Mali. In Mali. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how is your... Uh, we're here at the Segu Art Festival. How has your experience been so far? Uh, it's been awesome. I mean, I met amazing people. I'm meeting you. And uh, from the whole of the continent and even beyond uh, Asia... Rundi, um, Rwanda, and I, I believe that this is a place for me to replenish my soul. You know, just I don't know how to draw, but I love, I think painting is important. It nurtures me, it feeds me the colors, the, the techniques to see that, wow, this was done by this people, person in Benin, this was done by this person in Nigeria. Oh my God, this Africa is so rich. It reinforces my belief that we have so much to give to the world but yet we're not still not doing it but we will get there we're getting there slowly slowly yes we are so one last shot for our for, for from you to us to creatives to anybody that hasn't been to mali or anybody that is looking into getting into an art space anything you'd like to say i believe that uh, you become a creative by creating you don't need to go to Mali to come to Mali or to go to anywhere to have a network. You need to go online. You need to leverage internet. You need to find your community, find your tribe. You need to find your tribe, but get out of your comfort zone. You know, uh, you came, you got out of your comfort zone because you could have said, no, I don't. I have so many Anglophone friends saying, no, I'm not going to go because they don't speak English. You have to go beyond the language beyond the country, beyond the, 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 the limits, say, oh no, I'm not going to West Africa, they all speak French apart from Nigeria and Ghana at all. You need to expand your minds, open your soul. Create an awareness for your brain because this is food for creation. And food for creation is available nowadays everywhere. You can go virtual exposition, exhibitions are online. You can, I mean, there are so many tools today. We have no reason of not being enriched unless we don't want to. Well, thank you so, so much. You're uh, It was really great talking to you. We learned a lot. And thank you. we look forward to more conversations. Thank you. With pleasure. I'm looking forward to come back to Uganda. <laughs> yes. And then eat my matoke. <laughs> <laughs>
join us for our next episode as we continue to talk about how different artists and creatives are giving back to their communities. We hope that you have been inspired to give of your time, treasure and talent when it comes to philanthropy within your own community. Mm-hmm.